FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 469 of the podcast that goes snicked. I'm your host Jason and a very, very special episode for you guys, and really a, a treat, I think. Um, Scalabra is going to take over, and, and the reason for that is a couple of different things. Um, you know, it's kind of a perfect storm of a situation for me, um, you know, dealing with some health stuff uh, with myself and with uh, some of the boys being sick, and then also um, uh, dealing with the loss of a good friend and, of course, paying my respects and you know, funerals and all that fun stuff. And, you know, obviously, uh, the Escalabros are super gracious and offered to reschedule. We'd already pushed it back a couple of times. And I don't, it was kind of a weird, it was a weird place for me and just emotionally. Like, I didn't want, like, I don't know, it felt like canceling or not doing something fun was not in the spirit of, of my friend, but... I also just wasn't emotionally in a place where I felt like I could do it on the day we had planned. Like, I just wasn't in the right headspace to try to talk about comics. And well, luckily, Scalbro stepped up. They're going to take over the episode, and it is really a treat. And, you know, I, I've said multiple times on the show that one of the reasons I've done the show as long as I have, and one of my favorite things about doing podcasting is the friends I've made. And, uh... Dan, Georgie, and, and Ian, too, are, are some of the best friends that I've made, um, you know, in a long time. And I, I love those guys to death, and just grateful to them, not only for coming on the show lots and lots of times, but for doing something like this. Just kind of, you know, stepping out and taking over the show and letting the, uh, the uh, inmates run the asylum, so to speak. Um, it's really fun, but uh, Escalabros and Ian... Love you guys. Thank you all for doing this. And listeners, enjoy. It is it's really fun. So I'll I'll get out of the way and turn it over to them. Okay, we are recording. Just remember to speak into the mic when you're doing this. Okie dokies. Right. Um, hopefully, Jason, this gives you a good break to edit uh, this, this, <laughs> this catastrophe that's about to happen. So, three, two, one, let's jam. Yeah. <laughs> I had to cowboy bebop. Right. Good evening from the UK and good morning from LA, all you Snickcast listeners. I don't know why I'm being like some sort of uh, the Warriors esque um, DJ, but uh, this is apparently episode 469. But it could be episode 470, depending on if Jason's already working on 469 of the Snickcast. And as you can Snicked. tell by the, as it, yes, Snicked indeed. <laughs> As you can tell by the complete disarray I'm in, it's been taken over by the Excalibros plus one because joining me, Dan, your host, lovingly um, creating this episode, is my fellow co-host of Excalibros, Georgie. Hey, y'all. What's up? And joining us on this merry journey, uh, the Once in a Blue Moon podcast uh Visitor, I suppose is the best way to put it, is my better half, Ian. Hello, I have returned before I crawl back into my hole once again. <laughs> <laughs> There's a pun in there, but I, I'm not going. I'm not going. I'm not going that way. Right. So, um, 
unfortunately, Jason can't make it this time around, but we should all be convening on the next uh, sort of brown of X books. And this is a good seven books straight. We have some notes from our um, Lord and Saviour, what was it what is it that uh, scott was for a minute oh field, um, captain? field captain yeah <laughs> field field captain. captain jason you can tell my promotion was like <laughs> the last thing on anyone's mind anyway, um, <laughs> we're gonna start with uh, a, uh the resounding um lead balloon of the of the pile i would say because it's actually quite a strong week uh or weeks of books in my opinion um but we're going to start with the trial of magneto number three um allegedly written by leah williams uh with art from lucas wenak and D- david messina um colored by edgar delgado there is species playing cows tom Mueller is on design and uh Valeri- valerio uh, uh shitty and uh edgar delgado are the cover and on the cover is just magneto um being all judgmental uh, with his helmet and the Scarlet Witch's crown? Is it a crown? Scarlet Witch's yeah, headpiece? Face, face, face framing device? Tiara, face, yeah, face framing tiara is probably in <laughs> in shops now. Um, <laughs> get that Disney's other. So, um, ironically, issue what three. What do you think of this cover? Yeah, well, to be honest, um, I think it's okay. Uh-huh. Jason thinks Jason thinks it's a cool cover. Um, Ian can look at it because he hasn't. He, uh, disclaimer: Ian is not going to talk about this issue. That's why we're getting it out of the way because he, he just won't talk about it. <laughs> so, uh-huh. what do you think of the cover, though? Because uh, this is the first time I'm seeing it, um, and still put me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a cover. It doesn't look bad. Okay. Uh, that's all I can say. <laughs> oh my goodness anyway right um let's blast through this because no one else cared about writing it um the scarlet witch has returned to her loved ones but it's not the true scarlet witch something is slightly amiss with her we found out that she doesn't have a lot of her memories and she's a very old backup copy that someone has resurrected possibly magneto um in the throw of all this uh, magneto is slapped around a bit by north star because Northstar uh, is very protective of his husband, which is fair. And then mm-hmm. his husband wants to make a meal because he's a human, because that's what humans do. Um, Rachel decides to give uh, Wanda a sort of mind TLDR uh, of her life's work, which summons uh-huh. some random kaiju, which the Avengers and X-Men um, combined to fight for reasons. Uh, meanwhile, in random flower crystal world where the soul of the Scarlet Witch is, it's mm-hmm. unclear what that is, um, she meets old lady Wanda, and that's practically the issue. And if anyone's uh, keeping score, that's free for free of a bit of drama and a bit of character drama at the beginning, and then a massive fisticuffs in the end. And that is literally how every single issue of this series has gone. Mm-hmm. That's basically it. Um, I'll, I'll say. I was pleasantly surprised by how much I had forgotten about this issue. Uh, <laughs> that's that's my review. I forgot about it, and I was happy that I had forgotten what happened. Well, um, um, Jason uh, is uh, obviously says cool cover, but what the heck? Oh well, whatever. Never mind. 
Kaiju was too random to even be fun, and the rest was boring. Also, the art seemed a little worse, except that rad spin the wheel page, which I agree, the spin the wheel page is actually nice um, as, from a design perspective. But I think the art is a bit weird. And also, uh, yeah. North Star's Star shoulders, I don't yes. know if he's got like 80s padding, but they change shape every panel. <laughs> um, so I don't know what's going on there. Uh, I think the script isn't as... Um, it doesn't have like the, the really good character moments that the well I say really good but the decent character moments in the last two issues that that's out of the window. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing that's different is uh, Magneto is not a rage beast this time around. Right. He's just um, he's just he's just Magneto, but it just feels very um, flimsy. And like I'm pretty sure uh, Teddy isn't supposed to be there. He's supposed to be in space fighting intergalactic war, but you know who who cares about that kind of shit? Because mm-hmm. um, there's like that whole thing in Sword about not telling him. But, you know, the books don't talk to each other. So this feels bizarre. And the kai- I agree, the kaiju, I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. This, yeah. Um, I love I love I, giant kaiju show up and Captain America's like, I'll defeat it with my shield. And it's just like a little paper cut on its face. Like that was supposed to be impressive. Like I love Captain America, but I don't get the point of that. <laughs> no, I feel like um, Wanda getting her memories back somehow summoned them, and yeah. So we now have two Wanders, one in some sort of random realm, and yeah, it's, it just feels utterly pointless. And the the, the reveal, um, we can talk a lot about reveals of, in, in some of these issues, because some of them got some decent last page, like, shockers, but this one <laughs> falls very flat. And um, Why was I yeah. supposed to care about old, old woman Wanda, old lady Wanda? And like, uh, was she also around when they killed the young Wanda? I, uh, <laughs> there's three Wanders. That's all I know at the moment. There's three Wanders. Yeah. Wanda should be old man Wanda, and I was trying not to laugh so hard then. Can I just point out that he did old man Wanda? <laughs> yeah, yeah um, he did, yes. Which, um, that's about the comprehension of the book. Um, so, uh, Jason scored it two out of six cars. I'm scoring it. Two out of six claws, I think. I'll go with two out of six claws, yeah. I'll give it two just because it wasn't like we didn't have those terrible Magneto moments that would really drag it down. It was pretty pointless, but could like by comparison to its other issues, it's better, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's better in that it's very bland and boring. <laughs> it's very <laughs> true. Um, yeah, well, we shall move on, shall we, to... Thank goodness. Uh, Yes, we'll move on to Marauders 25. And this time, for the first time ever, Ian's going to do a recap. No pressure. Yeah. (laughs) There's the, yeah. Start with the creation page. Sorry, this is tiny. I have to zoom in and I just skip the page. Right, follow me. Right. So we have uh, the writer being Jerry. Jerry? (laughs) Jerry Dugan. Uh, Artist... Um, art by Phil Nutter. I'm probably butchering these names. If I am, I apologise. Okay, he's from the north of Hull. The north of Hull. He's from Hull, from the north of England. It's fine. We can't mm. speak that. No. Uh, my accent consists of a speech impediment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, lettering by VCs Corey Pettit. Woohoo! And do I read any more? Yep. Ah, yes, design. Uh, by Tom Muller. Uh, cover artist is two people. 
uh, Russell Dortman, Dot Dotterman, and Matthew Wilson. All right. Thanks. That was more of a mouthful than I expected. What do you think of the cover? Well, I'm always down for um, Emma being on a cover, and yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really like it. I love the knuckle dust, the diamond knuckle dusters are just, just really, a really nice yes. visual. With Hellfire, I think it's just a great sort of visual. This is um, one of my favorite covers in a long time. I love that the, the her her fingernails, her lips, and uh, the, the 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 brass knuckles all have that lovely ice sheen to them. Uh, I love the coloring here. Uh, this is just spectacular. I do have to agree. The coloring is astonishing. It is awesome. So what, what happened? Jason to say about the cover. Oh, um, Jason just said nice cover because he's doing um, the heavy lifting of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least you've got notes done. That's true. <laughs> right. <laughs> so to begin, uh, right, page, page. Yeah. So the Marauders plus a certain uh, Shaw have been jettisoned into space. Bobby quickly makes ice ball and keeps them inside. Uh, Emma try and finds people. She can't. They're too far away. Um, oh my god, I forgot his name. Pyra. Pyra, thank you. <laughs> I was going to say Inferno, but it's like, to be no. fair, it's hardly in the book, so it's hard, it's hard, <laughs> it's hard to remember who it is. like, I make fire, I destroy air. Oh no. Uh, and then the person who took me a while to realize was Kitty, because. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Listeners, we have to say this thing. I had to remind him that Kitty Pride's in the book because he, he hasn't read it in ages. And so when he was reading it, he was just like, Who is this random chick with the gun? No, no, uh, that's not what I said. No, it's not what you said. But... I basically got to, um, well, I'll get to the panel, which, which I realized. But I, was bit, I didn't realize it was actually Kitty Pride at all until obvious panel number 23. <laughs> when she phases through. Yes. <laughs> um, then good old Kitty's like, I have a plan. Uh, make ice, do fire, make water, uh, electrify water, and I learned science today. Because <laughs> I didn't actually know electricity plus water equals oxygen. There you go. See, comic books allow you to uh, learn <laughs> Then we have a good old um, punching between Shaw and Bishop, which I always, which is just fun to see Shaw getting punched at any occasion. <laughs> uh. Um, they continue punching, punching. Uh, Bobby starts to eyes off everyone else so they don't get killed when Bishop fires off his um, dude blast. <laughs> I suppose it is. Yeah. They do call it a dude, dude bro. Dude. Ah, let me let me find the wording because it's literally on that page. Uh, finding the dude thrusters. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good way to put it. Uh, Emma finds where the ship is, which they've recently been jettisoned from, and gives directions to um, Bishop. Uh, Bishop fires his dude beam, catapults them, nearly breaks the uh, giant snowball. Uh, Bobby fixes. Then this is where I realise that it is Kitty Pride because she phases through the ice. <laughs> uh. Um. Then obviously she flies through space at great speeds with K 
kill Shaw on their knuckles. Hell yeah. Because who wouldn't? Um, then we get um, the dude, which I've forgotten his name, just partying on the ship because he thinks he's alone. Kitty slams lovingly into the floor, getting a good broken nose and a black eye. Uh, sneaks up on person, which I've still forgotten his name. <laughs> you can just call him Han Lando for short. Han Lando. Yeah. <laughs> yes, because that is a pretty good way to put it. Uh, Kitty um, phases into him, takes a drink. He tries to fight her. Uh, he fails miserably as any guy should against Kitty. <laughs> um, fight continues. Phases through floor. Smack, punch, whack. Until eventually, <laughs> that's my favorite thing you've just done. Smash, punch. That literally describes lots of. Things that's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, that, that sums up the issue. Um. Uh, until eventually Kitty gets rid of his magic tiara, <laughs> and then Emma takes over him in some lovely gestures. I must admit. Yes. <laughs> My favorite part of the book. Yeah, by far. <laughs> uh, then they all arrive back on the ship, safe and sound. Uh, they dump Mr. Hanlander on, is it a racker? Mm-hmm. And leave him with the money and it's like, yeah, you can try and fight us, but you'll fail. And that's pretty much the issue. As nice. weird and crazy as that was. Um, I really, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Me too, yes. A, Bobby's allowed to do something, which was nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, obviously it gives me plus marks um, because I'm biased. But anyway, um, I love seeing them use their powers in a way that isn't just a fight. Yes. Um, And they were like, it was quite ingenious. My favorite being the the Shaw-Bishop combo because I didn't even think that was a thing until they were punching each other. Um, It was brilliant. Yep. The standout is, the standout scene for me is Emma taking um, Hanlando's, uh, taking over Hanlando's mind because those panels are fantastic and Duggan's uh, voice for Emma has always been brilliant. Um, but yeah, really fun. Ends in a really interesting, like, different... I thought it was just going to be, like, cut and dry, but she, she lets him off of all the stuff. Um, yeah. Noto is on fire yes. throughout. Like, the character work is amazing. The, the general, um, like, all the facial expressions are on point. Everyone's, quote-unquote, acting it really works and the the color work is brilliant and the fact that it is all contained within a white pale blue backgrounds of the ice mm-hmm. um, mostly which is a really nice um look and it is just a fun little star wars adventure so yeah, How about yeah. Else? it was it, this was spectacular uh it's so much fun and you know they do a great job of keeping uh the characters uh like giving them little moments but also having some action and some fun I was just like smiling the whole time I was reading this and and going back and we talk about it every time, but Phil Noto's facial expressions are just uh, on point every time. Uh, I, I love uh, even at the end uh, where um, Emma's like, oh, darling, there are no fair fights. And, and like her expression of sort of like pity and, and like smiling and, and like shrugging at him when she says it is uh I mean, there's there are panels where, where Kitty's like eye rolling, 
Uh, <laughs> even, even, no, it's not just the arms when um, Emma takes over this guy. It's also the way that like his 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 mouth moves when <laughs> when she's talking for him. Uh, it's he's just so spectacular. It's great to have these two uh, creators like uh, in sync and in writing fun tales for the Marauders. And as Dan said, it was nice to have Iceman do something, and even Pyro had a few lines. So I know uh, I really love like Pyro's like they've turned on the darkness of his tattoo. Mm-hmm. in this so and i really like like the emotive like um i can create some heat but i'm gonna like merge you all with like a really mournful face right but even and like Shaw clearly is like i don't care i want to get warm like <laughs> like just the physical the physical gestures of them all yes. is really cool and like um i adore the, the the sort of nod to um luke's attire with kitty and the whole pistol in the oh, air yeah, and stuff for sure uh, i just I, I love all the nods uh what about you ian sorry to be fair, I think you've both covered it pretty nicely. All I can say is I agree and yes to the issue. <laughs> yes to the issue. <laughs> Plus, when you get to see Kitty actually fight and not be held back, it's just lovely to see. Yes. What did uh, what did Jason have to say? Um, listeners, every time I read out Jason's um, quotes, you'll have to do that Marvel thing where it's in like a little tiny text box that says, in Texan. As I speak, so um, <laughs> so um, he says, uh, fun conclusion to X-Men Star Wars with tasty Noto art and nice character interactions and personality. Six out of six claws. And I am right there with him at six out of six. I think this is a really fun, like, if this is like the send off of this team, when they when they get changed in January, aren't they? They're changing up. So mm-hmm. if it's like their last big adventure, I'm, it's quite a good one to, to sort of end them on. Yeah, six out of six. Six out of six here as well, hands down. It was one of the highlights to read when I was rushing through all these comics. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I agree. It was a great send off for this team, and uh, just brilliant fun. Like, just I, I can't. I, I almost don't want to move on to the next book because I want to just keep flipping through these pages and looking at the artwork. <laughs> so um, it's uh, well done by everyone involved. Six out of six. All right. We're moving on to sword number eight then. Let's 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 draw our sword. <laughs> okay, let's draw our sword. Uh, says the we guy from Excalibur. Yeah, we, we haven't drawn we haven't had a sword pun since um what was that event? The sword event. X of sword. X of sword. <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot about it completely. I was like that other I didn't even read it and I remember its name. I know. Well, in my head, it's, it's the event that should not be named. It's like Voldemort <laughs> comic events. Uh, but uh, sword number eight, uh, writer Al Ewing, artist Gui Villanova, uh, colors by Fernando Cifuentes of Proto Bunker Studios, uh, letters and production by VCs Ariana Mayer and design Tom Muller. And uh, on the cover, we have Storm just, like, slice it up, mutants and aliens. Um, I, I really love the emotion of the cover. I don't know if I, I really love the artwork of the cover. What do you guys think? Um, I kind of like, it kind of looks like one of those covers that you get in, like, the mid. I love her um, costume, by the way. Can we just say that the... Um... Hellfire Gala design is a fantastic upgrade to her costume. Oh, yeah. Um, it kind of reminds me of those sort of like mid 90s covers where they're just fighting random mm-hmm. um, monsters and someone's just 
angry, but I agree with you. It's got it emotes very well. Um, but I, I'm a little bit happier on the art than uh, uh, you are. No, I, I think it's fun, and it does by no means look bad. But it's just like this. It feels a bit generic. Sure. Oh, Jason, he loves the cover. So there you go. You're all wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, uh, spoiler for Sword 8 and 9, but, uh, you know, we had some really great art on this book before, and it feels like we're having some fill-in artists who quite aren't up to what we had previously, unfortunately. That's how I feel anyway. Uh, so artwork is kind of meh uh, for me. Uh, but uh, as far as uh, the plot goes, uh, Storm is above Arako as she is the regent, and she is constantly having to deal with challengers. Uh, all of the uh, Arakian mutants are trying to vie for leadership, and they challenge Storm, and she uh, just keeps destroying them all. Uh, so a lava monster tries to beat her. She's like, "You fool! I could, I can summon all the elements. Uh, I win. Uh, it's very easy." Uh, then she goes to the council where someone tries to assassinate her, and she easily stops them, just proving how much uh, of an amazing uh, person Storm is. Um, it's it's really just a, a book showcasing why Storm is the best X Man, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's uh, Council BS, and then someone else uh, uh, threatens to uh, challenge Storm, and uh, she's like, "All right, I'll meet you on the battlefield." And it looks like uh, she's going to be taken over, uh, but uh, she ends up winning anyway, and uh, they're like starting to really respect Storm. Which was great. Uh, great character moments there, at least. Um, and at the end, uh, she surveys the land as there's a storm in the distance with her mohawked face in it. Uh, I really like blew through the story here, but I mean, I, I gave you guys the basic points. Um, I just felt like this was a great issue for Storm, even if the artwork wasn't able to hold up its end of, of the bargain here. Yeah, I think, um, well... I, I think I agree with you. There's, right, so the first page is beautiful for me. Yes. Like, her above um, Arako, mm-hmm. her, her, her hair like a cloud, it's just gorgeous. And then yes. you go inside the book, and it feels like almost not as bad as an Ago Cordy from New X-Men, um, but it feels like that style. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not really... I'm down for the colour work, like the, the the gruesome color work, and I'm down for the body horror aspects, but um, I feel like it doesn't it doesn't convey what the it sort of almost conveys, but doesn't quite convey ev- everything that the script's trying to do, um, which is a shame. But the script is like doing all of the work here. Um, right. But yeah, like you said, it's it's a beautiful book for Storm, and it's a it, it just goes to show that. Also, they managed to do something with that stupid, overpowered villain as well that was right. in um, Hellions, who I didn't like. They actually managed to sort of make him work, sort of. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. How about you? I enjoyed it. The story I'm down for, Storm being a badass, is just something we all need more of in our, of, in our lives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the fact that even though she became like this monster, she was like, yeah, I'll just move this knife and you're dead. Forfeit. <laughs> <laughs> it, 
I don't really have a problem with the art, but the only thing I noticed while reading through it was, and the only way I can describe it is an animator's problem of you have really fine detailed hair in one scene, and then you're like, oh, wait, I need to do something to make this easier to draw. And then it gets less fine, and then it gets a little better, and it gets a little worse. Mm-hmm. The quality of hair is just constantly moving. And it's like, what is going on here? Yeah. And sometimes it feels like the length itself has gone. I feel like there is like an ethereal, like the hair isn't real, like it's an ethereal object. <laughs> like it reminds me of um, Starfire uh, from the Teen Titans, where oh sure, it's constant shifting in this in this issue. But that first panel, wow, yeah, wow, yeah, it's a great first panel. Uh, I don't know. It feels like the the art is very uneven in in that, like her her people's faces, like the eyes don't always line up in like the same. Uh, like uh, like latitude, if that makes sense, of the face. It's, it's always like a bit wonky and off. And it's not just like the body hoarder, horror pages. It's like the regular pages where she's on the council. It just looks like someone who, this is going to sound really mean, but needs to work on their craft a little bit more to get to be a professional. Um, it feels like a, a, a tryout issue. Does that make sense? On that note, I have to say, if you look, you can actually see her face literally changes between several different points in this as well. That's my point. It's it's like someone who doesn't quite have the consistency down yet. Yeah. Well, I don't think I'll be as harsh as you two, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jason said he mostly really liked the story, but more so like the new character beat for Storm. I love her having stuff to do, love her being a badass, and love her being regent. I know they're supposedly leaving Marvel, maybe, but I would be there 100% for an Al Ewing Storm solo. Sure. His opinion opinion on the art is it's a mixed bag for me. I like the way Storm looks, but I'm all in on some of the body horror. Not sure it quite lands for me. Overall, solid issue. Four out of five claws. I don't know why I pronounced that. I didn't <laughs> deliver it that way. Um, mm, I'm actually a five out of six. Is it six? Mm. He said four out of five. <gasps> He got it wrong. Jason, it's... that's a cardinal sin. Uh, if you make two more, then we legally get to take over the podcast and uh, and, and keep one of your babies. So be careful. <laughs> yep. Well, I'm actually going to make it a five out of six because I think it's a really well written and I enjoy that f- first page way too much, I think. So, yeah. Hmm. Ian? Uh, it's, a diffi- it's a difficult one because, like, there's so much good, but there's so much wrong. Mm. I think I will agree with Jason and say far of six just because of the story alone. Yeah, I'm with I'm with you and Jason. I think the story is great. The artwork is sometimes interesting and sometimes kind of subpar here, um, unfortunately. But a great issue for Storm. Agreed. Hi. Well, moving from Storm, um, I'm going to go see another issue that highlights a woman of X. With um, X Men number four, which excuse me, I don't know. I'm just having like technical diff- body technical difficulties apparently. Um, written by uh, Joey Duggan, uh, Javier Pina is the artist, Eric Arseniega is the color artist, uh, Feces Clayton Cowles is the lower, Tom Mueller on design, and Pepe Larraz and Marty uh, Garcia is the cover art. And on the cover is a Headless Horseman Cyclops, and I absolutely love this. Um, what else? Elseworlds, what if scenario? Um, <laughs> I think it looks beautiful, and the colour is just 
I would I would have that as a poster and just have it have it as a print in my and frame it in my in my house. <laughs> so there. <laughs> what about the rest of you? How do you feel about the cover? You again? Uh, I agree because it's just the fact it's so well blended from this like dark dank grey to the glow of the red and it transitions so well across like the horse and all that I just I'm down for it give me more it it was um, I think I like the the concept more than the execution a little bit I don't know I'm not really happy with the artwork in this book in general but um, I, I really do love the the concept and the feeling behind it well, um, Jason doesn't have anything to say about the cover, so I don't know if that's an indictment of the cover or <laughs> <laughs> like it's so good that he has words have escaped him. Um, either way, we'll never know. <laughs> um, anyway, this is a literal Halloween filler issue. This yes. is the most fillery issue we've ever come across, I think, as as uh, uh, since we've been doing this with Jason um, that I can think of. Uh, essentially. Because Doctor Strange has gone bye-bye in the other titles, uh, Nightmare has come out to play in New York. And we, um, he basically tries to wreak havoc and he knocks on the wrong door and Omega Telepath uh, Gene flexes and uh, totally dominates a being of pure dream from a different reality. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. um, and she basically wins the day in a... Um, that is the plot. There's some... Obviously, it's it's very much character-focused and some interesting highlights of like what their nightmares would be sure. with like Jean being the phoenix uh, Cyclops wasn't right and um, uh, like Laura having to fight her way through everything and it ends on the only thing that moves the plot forward slightly which is um, Ben Urich um, finding a um, empty, is it an empty grave? Yeah I think so um, an empty grave of someone that should have been dead <laughs> um, of um Nathan Summers. Oh yeah, the baby. Um, Nathan Summers is supposed to be dead. And it also, sorry, there's an epilogue of the uh, scientist that wanted to go to Mars is still experimenting himself, and this time he uses a ruby quartz to like inject some energy into him. Um, those two, two two pieces feel almost uh, irrelevant to the rest mm-hmm. of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously relevant to the story of the whole series, but rele- irrelevant to this sort of like nice little. Um, yeah. I mean. Uh, hijinks. Yes. So, um, who wants to go first? Or should we start with Jason? Because it is a small. Let's thing. start with Jason. Yes. He said a decent little Halloween filler issue. Fun size Butterfinger is fine, but disappointing when you're still waiting on the full size Snickers issue of this series. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Also, I just have to point out there was literally a Cyclops pumpkin in like the first actual page. Yeah. I got them in. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I like that. Yeah, but uh, I enjoyed it. And recently, I've been watching um, like a Spider-Man cartoon, and Nightmare's been in it several times. So it's like a happy coincidence. Hmm. So that, without that, I wouldn't have known who the hell it was. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I enjoyed it, and it's just fun to like see him go about all camp as hell. And then just get um, slapped by Gina, but like, no, we'll get back in your corner. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> but it, no, I really like, I like some of the colouring. Mm-hmm. Uh, but generally, I, I had fun with it, but it just wasn't the best. 
things about the West Wales and some up. Yeah, I mean, this is like the definition of a fill-in issue, you know. Uh, in I mean that in story and artwork, they've got all right. Who who's available? Uh, to uh, we're, do, we're changing things up. Who's available to do something really quickly? Oh, you guys are all right. Uh, just spit something out, and that's what we got. Uh, it's a Halloween fill-in with some so-so artwork, with some I guess some character moments, and then by the way, this is the plot we're continuing on. Uh, you know what I liked most was the Laura page where they're like, she's she's got this hole in her mind she's trying to to dig out, but she also doesn't want to fall in love and like she's conflicted that way and how that really made her and uh, how Nightmare was like, oh, you really are a Wolverine, you know, uh, the, the parallels to Logan. I thought that was really nice uh, that page uh, for that page alone. I think I like this this issue. Um, and there are a few other. Uh, you know, art moments like when Gene is just towering over over Nightmare is a nice panel, but there's a lot of I don't know. It feels like two different art styles merging here. Uh, like when we have Gene artwork and then we have Nightmare artwork. It I just felt like this was uh, a book that I didn't really need and I didn't really in, enjoy the art enough to enjoy the issue. If that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Um, I'm I must be on like the other side of everyone. Um, I thought it was fun. Um, I love seeing Gene flex everything. I thought the art was actually really sure. nice. I think I think um, there's some shades of Laraz in in the character uh, uh, faces, and I really enjoyed the fact that um, Nightmare's coloured differently to everything else around him, um, which really like made him sort of ethereally step out. Um, I think the colour work is is hands down the best thing. I like the tinted. Uh, it's obvious, but the tinted sort of red of the hellscapes in the hell nightmare world. Mm-hmm. Um, but I generally thought it was a a fun little issue. I was actually taken out of like the fun by the last two things in the. Right, like, of oh, course. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, there's still like story to go. But if this was like just like a special rather than an issue of of of, of the series, I'd mm-hmm. I'd be like, all right, cool. You've made like a little cool, Halloween one. I'm not going to say it's like the best thing ever because I'm going to still fall fall on four out of six claws. But I actually quite enjoyed it. So. And by the way, Jason gave it three. Um, Do you say anything else? I just three. <laughs> just three. Well, no, I think, yeah. Oh, yeah, you already covered the everything. Uh, I had fun with it until the end when I was like, oh, wait, yeah, there's something other than this comic. <laughs> um, but I think I'll say four out of six. Yeah, I don't know if I want to go three or four. I'm really, really torn here. Uh, I think just the audacity of this villain is just not sitting very well, even if there were moments that I liked. Uh, should I be kind and give it a four? I've been on a mean streak. I will give this a three out of six. It was fine. Let's be fair. It's issue four of a book that hasn't really built anything yet, so it's quite yes. audacious um, for them to be like, <laughs> fill in, and then run off. <laughs> but I do have to point out, when... Um... Good old nightmare surrounded by Jean. I've only just realized it's several costumes, including the live action X Men films. Oh. Hmm, right. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that is a dodgy panel now. That horse does not look right. It really doesn't. I'm telling <laughs> you, some of this artwork is not is not what we need. <laughs> you are not one good set. So where are we at? Where are we at? Are we at New Mutants twenty two? I think so. We're almost, we're almost, ha- we're going to be halfway, halfway there. Right. There it is. 
Are you ready for it, Ian? I will try. <laughs> <laughs> Don't expect great things. Right, so this is New Mutants 22. Um, the writer is Vita Ayala. Um, artist Rodriguez. Rod, uh, helps if I can speak. Rodriguez. Um, letter once again. Oh, no, that's someone else, isn't it? Yes, it is a different person. <laughs> it's the VS, you got VC, it's got the VC. It's the VC, it traps you. VC Travis Lanham, uh, designed by Tom Muller, and cover artist by Martin Simmons. I didn't realize it was a different color, uh, cover artist. That's interesting. Because I generally thought it was Reyes, but yeah, oh my, I adore this cover. Yes. I just want to throw that out there. It's like, it's my favourite cover, apart mm-hmm. from the Attitude on Inferno 2. Um, it is my favourite cover out of all the books. It is something else. Sorry, go describe it. <laughs> <laughs> Inferno, I agree. It's, um, I forget his name because I haven't really seen him much ever. The Shadow King. The Shadow King, yes. Him and a lovely one fighting, one, uh, five fighting a thousand monkeys, it looks like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it is lovely. The colour, the white silhouettes on top of the frame of his glasses. It's just I want it. I need more. It's so cool. It's like even like the thematic idea of them invading his mind. Right. Um it's just uh Invading oh, being as... trapped there while while he's torturing them, you know? Yeah. It's just and just so, I don't know, I just love the fact that they even have, like, um, go faster lines yeah. <laughs> as well. Um, it's just, it, it's something else. It's quite spectacular. Um, and, you know, props to the, the artist for, I don't know if this is on purpose, but really sort of embracing the Rod Reyes style of the book. Uh, and maybe Simmons, you know, draws like this all the time. I have no idea. But, like, the synergy between cover and, and inner art is is amazing here. Well, I believe he did that the, the last two covers as well. So oh, I'm really? sure it's the same. Yeah, I'm sure okay. it's the same guy. Some, uh, the really beautiful um, one where he's like all white with the arrow, his t-shirt right. is like an arrow. Um, yeah, um, Jason also echoes as saying another lovely Shadow King cover by Simmons. So uh, it is yes. Well, I have to point out this isn't like go faster lines. It's actually like a break. Do you right, like the little pieces, yeah. Yeah, it's like an old VCR um, film <laughs> tape that's been damaged and you can't get the image properly <laughs> right that's a great way of putting it <laughs> right so let's begin uh helps if there we go that'll do so we start with everything on fire Krakoa being attacked by anything it could possibly ever be attacked by in one moment uh and the good old new mutants being as kick ass as ever and just Bring it on, because we'll kill you all. Hmm. Uh, they proceed to fight in some lovely pages, I must say, and of them all getting killed in various beautiful ways. That's very true. Uh, and then it cuts to something much more tame and lovely, which is good old Honey Badger. I'm not calling her a new name. Right. <laughs> um. And the previous uh, merry murderers come along to apologise. Um, and she's like, yeah, cool. It's all good. It wasn't you. Let's hug. They're like, we're going to go talk to um, 
the Shadow King and tell him to go away. Because <laughs> I can't think of a better way to put it at the moment. And Gabby's like, yeah, yeah, I was told not to come. Might make me, might make me feel bad. And then we cut to the new mutants once again in a constantly in black and white, while this very tall, fat Shadow King with what I can only describe as a villain's twirling moustache. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> it's just there, uh, like you all wrong, you idiots. Everything's gonna fail. You're too naive. Uh, they all argue against him, but he just continues his point and doesn't give up. Uh, back to Honey Badger, uh, the good old Mary Murderers walk off, and then she's like, you know what, no, I'm coming too. Uh, they're all happy, they go off into the grey land together, cuts back to Mordas, he's once again screaming and having a fit because they don't agree with him like a child throwing a tantrum. Uh, continue argument, more lovely panels of how Krakoa and the mutants will always die. Uh, even more, even more deaths in such glorious ways. Then we cut to the Merry Murderers plus the Murdery. Would that be a way to put it? Murdery? Mm. <laughs> the victim. Yes, <laughs> that victim. <laughs> uh, and then in. Um... Like Shadow King's Lair. Yes, that's the way I think what you. they call it. It's in the time. I can't read that. <laughs> I think they called the Wasteland. Uh, the wild hunt. The wild yeah, hunt. the wild hunt. That's it. Yeah. It's raining. They get attacked by a screech of psychic energy. They're all like, "What was that?" Gabby's like, "Come on, it's this. Let's go." Uh, they proceed to climb the mountain, only to find the Shadow King with his pride-like tendrils all in their minds. Yeah. And like, you will learn. Is it you will learn? Yeah, you mm-hmm. will learn. And that is the end of the issue. So we, we went from an issue of just, like, whatever artwork to, like, let me show you how to make some artwork, right? <laughs> let me show you how to really showcase what you can do visually in a comic book. Even this so, is spectacular. This, this is just, this is disgusting, like, the amount of talent on this planet. <laughs> it's just, it, right, so um, what I love about this issue is that because it's framed within the, the like the astral plane or the psychic plane of his mind we have really unique and beautiful sort of panels echoing sort of targets we have um like his actual head being a panel and all these like lovely um sort of non-conventional uh, pages and everything bleeding and feeling like a dream and it, it they are just astonishing they're colored beautifully and there's like such great the the panel with the new mutants uh facing off against all the threats the 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 bleed of each color to to define each threat is a really nice touch and then at the same time he delivers very conventional panel layouts for uh gabby's story yes um, yes which were and each and which are very emotive Uh, he really goes for the expressions um, obviously, we're here for the dream sequences. Magic, Magic's eyes in white with that entire panel, that page with her like swinging her sword around is just on another level. Um, and like as a visual storytelling uh, medium, like this is this is comics. Like this is this is what uh, 
I'm not saying everyone should be like this, but it's like no. completely like this should be getting all of the praise and all of the publicity. And on top of that, like um, it's matched by a really powerful script by uh, Vita, who um, has like has the New Mutants try to sort of talk their way around the Shadow King while he's mm-hmm. torturing them and also trying to convince his point of view. While at the same time, we have Gabby having a really beautiful sort of like character moment with her quote unquote friends and then obviously it's great to see jonathan back um the wolverine but um yeah it is this book is on another level um yeah yeah this is uh just super gorgeous and uh imaginative and uh, inspiring and i didn't you notice like ian i'm so glad you pointed out that uh the new mutants were all in black and white while they were talking to the shadow king like I, I sort of sped read this uh and going through a second time you really appreciate the details i love how when when he's screaming at them you see like cracks in the panels with like someone's eyes peeking through um uh, the page dan mentioned of of Ilyana's eyes as she's swinging at, at all the brood and then being stabbed is so emotive um I, I love that it's like a completely white background too. Suddenly, for for that panel, uh, yep. I mean, we, we can't not mention uh, the silhouette of the Shadow King. We're uh, at like page eighteen ish, where we see more of the ways that the the X Men will will be destroyed. Uh, this is just so spectacular. Uh, I, I I I'm going to stop, so I'm going to allow Ian to actually say a little bit more. I feel like I keep talking over. Uh, like you get nothing left to say at the end, Ethan. So please let let us know your feelings. It's bad, honestly. There's nothing wrong with putting across a good point, but yeah, it is just stunning. Um, story, cover, color, everything about it you could do right, it has done. Apart from a single panel that I found, oh, which is on page eight, and it's um the very last panel of the page. With uh, Gabby and uh, the murder- murderers, as I keep You keep calling them murderers. Is this because when I said they, they sort of, um, she was murdered by Wolfsbane, but they were sort of like slightly complicit? Slightly. They make it sound like they're much more complicit than To them. be fair, yeah, it reads like they're like literally the same. Like the <laughs> <laughs> it's just the last panel on page eight where it's just like, what happened there? What are those faces? <laughs> See, I see what you're saying because it is a, I'm looking at it and I'm I, I get it like it's a little less defined. But I feel like maybe it was just like you just having a bit of a warm up for that for that panel because if you've seen the rest of it, <laughs> oh, yeah. like I said, this is the literal only part of this entire issue that I could think anything bad about. There is nothing else in this that I could even think of anything even mediocre to say. <laughs> It's besides that, it's stunning and flawless, and everything is right. And you need these people to work on more things. Just... Yeah. Yeah. Well, we I were would... lucky enough, Dan, to be at least I was introduced to him uh, when we were covering the new. I guess it's a couple years old now. Of uh, of um, oh shit. Exiles. 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 Yeah, where we had like the those Wild West issues that were spectacular. And and every time we get to see Reyes, it's like it's some of these artists. And anytime you get Reyes, you're just like, oh, thank God, please let him be on here as much as possible. Or like Phil <laughs> Noto's on um, the other book, like please just let him stay for as long as he can. I just just keep him on this book, you know. Uh, so I just 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 
thank the Lord that we have this issue. Uh, every, every time we get a Reyes issue, it's a miracle. I feel like Reyes might be like the defining, you know, like um, New Mutants was defined by um, many different artists along the way. Um, oh. I feel like Reyes is defining the Krakoan era of New Mutants. We oh, sure. started, started with Hickman's run. And then there's that run we all forgot about. And then uh, uh, Vita picked up, Vita picks it up, and he starts with her. I feel like he's defining like the visual identity of these characters uh, in this era. And um, and it's it's great because New Mutants has always been defined by phenomenal artists. And yeah, this, this is this is no um, no exception whatsoever. The thing I love about this though is that the artists and the colorists working together, they do not shy away from constantly between panel to panel changing like the style and everything about it well um it's the same they're one and the same the ice oh is it yes i didn't i read it out how did i not realize this (laughs) (laughs) yeah reyes is doing all of it you have them in black and white then you have um the shadow king being angry then you have a lovely like pencil sketch of um danny that's that's um What's the name? Moon. Danny Moonstar. Danny Moonstar. Thank you. Um, and then, like, you get parts where it's just like basic ske- uh, pencil sketches, and then it's like a full-on like digital like sketch. And there's so many nice things, and it just constantly swaps between it all so flawlessly that it's not even an issue. I can't find anything else to say. <laughs> Fine. We'll let, we'll let um we'll let um Jason have the final word, shall we? Yeah. Um. I love Gabby and Jonathan. That's it. That's the comic. Also, Rodriguez is a god among men, and Ayala uh, continues to deliver one of the strongest equics. Uh, six out of six claws, and that is literally my score because it is beyond all the other books we've read. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. How can you not say six out of six? Yeah. Six out of six, easily. I mean, just spectacular work. Uh, I just wanted to say again that. Uh, we weren't really sure about Vita, uh, given previous uh, issues, like the previous work they had done. Not that it was terrible, it was just, I think it was probably the event more than anything, but they they took over this book and have really run with it, uh, and it's, it's, it's soaring right now. So just, just great work. Also, um, I will commend that they've managed to spin all those plates for so many issues and it is all coming together oh, right. in such a fantastic way like mm. they should be they should be given a hell of a lot more um control over the xbox i feel um <laughs> right. at least just just stay on this book forever and yeah i know, <laughs> you know right <laughs> yeah so good that leads us to um well, from one astonishing issue to uh, sword number nine. <laughs> oh, wow. Ouch. Uh, <laughs> sword number nine. Let me pull this up real quickly. Uh, sword number nine. Uh, writer Al Ewing. Artist uh, Jacopo Camagni. Uh, Camagni. Uh, uh, color artist by Fernando Cifuentes of Proto Bunker Studios. Uh, letters by Ariana Mayer, design Tom Muller, and the cover is by Stefano Caselli and Federico Blee. And uh, on the cover, we have uh, Guy Rich uh, holding a, a ball of energy in which our sword members are trapped. Um, I'm not really, I mean, I, I okay, 
Is the theme of this good? Sure it is. Is the execution? Absolutely not. Uh, this is another sword book where I'm like, oh, another fill-in artist? Really? Why are we doing this? Um, but it, it is what it is. What did you guys think of the cover? Um, they have proportions down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a massive um, um, fan of it. Let's just go with that. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah, that was so good. <laughs> what did uh, Jason say? You actually got the uh, uh, the Go cover, um, mm. the other one. So I have no idea um, what that looks like. So. Yeah. Um, you said the Go cover. Uh, the the Davi Go uh, cover you got. So I'm like, what is that one? Um, uh, OK, well, did he like that cover at least? Yeah, I think so. He said he just put he just put he's, he loved the um the the variant cover. Oh, this one, I think. Oh, that is lovely. Um, it's of the brand new uh, Araka mutant. Um, and he calls it awesome, and it is awesome. Uh, she's like screaming to the, sort of like well, not, she heads to the sky with her uh, chest sort of doing a chamber esque energy hmm. flutter. Um, it looks very nice. Okay. So, yeah. Cool. Well, it's too bad we got this cover. Uh, in this book, we have Guy Rich welcoming. Is it Vindicator, or am I thinking of someone else? Oh God, is he Vindicator? I forget what his he name says. Is. His, what's he called? I mean, his first name is James, but I can't remember what his. He's James Hudson, and I think he's the Vindicator because yeah. his wife was the other one. Right. Well, <laughs> we got this. Is another like ridiculous. It just upsets me so much. Um. So uh, Vindicator has joined Orcus because, once again, Alpha Flight is like, screw the mutants, even though we also team up with the mutants, and I'm friends with Logan, but also I hate Logan. I'm just sick of this guy. I'm really sick of him being, like, uh, uh, just a terrible human being, if that, you know? Can he yeah. die? Is he um, a beast? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the beast is bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, wait, no, I'm okay. No, betray them all. <laughs> yeah, that's right. basically. <laughs> so this is just Gyric and Vindicator talking about uh, why they hate mutants and why they need to destroy mutants and why some other aliens are okay as long as they stay away. But uh, this this planet, this solar system is for humans. Um, we uh, go to Araco, and I was I was so psyched to see um, a member of the Imperial Guard with the uh, Wolverine uniform on. <laughs> Because you remember, he got that uniform once he killed someone on the blue side of the moon and then just stole his, his outfit from a dead yep. body. So, to see, I don't know if it's the same guy back again. I don't remember who that was. But to see another sort of member of the team in that uniform just brought back some hilarious memories. Um, but uh, they are bringing the Empress to uh, Rocco. And uh, the whole time... Um, uh, Brand is like, oh, we need to get Storm. Uh, th- these are important people coming, and Storm is busy just fighting off challengers. I will say the artwork is uh, a little bit cleaner, maybe a little bit better defined in this issue than the last issue. Um, but it's also kind of simple, and um, it, this also feels like another tryout. Uh, but while Brand is handling that, uh, Old Man Cable is uh, on the space station watching over things. Uh I don't know. Uh, then they are attacked by uh, a group of Orcus uh, people who uh, end up killing different members of the 
security team in different methods, uh, utilizing their weaknesses. Um, there was like there were some fun characters here. It was just disappointing to see. Oh, I can do this. Oh yeah, well I've already thought about it, and now you're dead. Uh, like there's the guy who looks like Colossus, and then he's dead. And then there's the guy who like kicks people, and then he's dead. And then there's like the guy who looks like Morph who kills his other friend. And it just felt <laughs> like why? I mean, I, I I get it, but also it just feels like a waste of some fun characters. This isn't an issue of of Suicide Squad. Um, uh, so they're all getting destroyed until Storm shows up, and Storm's like, yeah, yeah y'all dummies. Um, and uh, then we, we cut to Guy Ritchie's like, well, i got to figure out a way to get to Storm. Time to activate our sleeper cell, who is WizKid, surprise, surprise. Um, what did you guys think of the issue? Um, well, I'll start with Jason, actually. Um, good issue with Storm to the rescue. Bad guy, kind of generic and forgettable. I really uh, started liking WizKid in this book, so I can't decide if I'm mad about the twist or if endearing a C-lister uh, character to me just to turn him heel is brilliant. Art solid, but a little lackluster for me. Four out of six. How about you, Ian? How do you feel about it? Uh, I enjoyed it. Much like George has said, it's like, oh, there's this fun... Oh, no, they're dead. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, there's some fun things, but it's just, oh, look, they're dead. No more. Bye-bye. Fun toys out from. And then WizKid is... I was just disappointed. Because my first experience of Whiskid has been basically through these, and it's like, oh yeah, I like it. Oh, for fuck's sake, it's a villain. <laughs> but it does just feel like uh, they're all magical MacGuffins to kill each person. <laughs> I mean, that's what they are. They're made to take on that team specifically, right? Yeah. yeah. It's just like you think after like the status they all have, what they've all gone through, like in like. All sorts, and they're just like, oh, oh, look, they're all dead now. Right. What's the challenge? Send some, <laughs> send some better super guardians, I feel. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, yeah, what'd you uh, think? Um, I must admit, I'm, uh, uh, I, have a, I have a soft spot from uh, the fact that the um, Shia Imperial Guard are basically the Legion of Superheroes from DC, and I right. enjoy the fact that the, fact the villains are basically the Fatal Five from DC as well. Um, they practically got the same thing, so I enjoyed that in that kind of context. But they are just generic. Um, seeing them get easily, you know, seeing them easily defeat everyone makes sense through like the story. Um, watching Random, who looks like Morph now, uh, randomly kill his mate was a bit sort of intense. Um, also, I didn't realize that like no one jumped into action properly. Like uh, no, <laughs> they just sort of stand around and watched until it was there. Yeah. <laughs> Fancy's like meh. Like only deathbeds, like I'll take my niece then. If you guys are gonna like just let, let everyone die, right? Um, I think the problem with the book is, um, it's a sort of it's got it's all about Guy Rich, and I was a person not like him, but I find him quite tedious, and I sometimes interchange him with everyone else who hates mutants because Guy Rich seems to just like flit between hating superheroes to hating mutants to hating whoever, like a paper boy, I don't know. Like he he has no like um it's a shitty game. Yeah, he's, he, yes, it is a shitty game. <laughs> I caught the reference. No, anyway. Um, Sorry. <laughs> um, I feel like Garrett's just really like sort of a dime a dozen villain, and seeing um James Hudson yet again be I'm on the bad guys team is kind of depressing. And 
I'm Jason. I don't know if I feel like WizKids reveal is like like really clever and exciting or just like really disappointing. Because it's also, if you think about it, the most obvious choice out of all the people of the main cast. Um, it feels the most obvious because he's the most like naive and young and simple and all that jazz. So I don't know. I was, and um, art wise, though, I kind of like enjoy uh, the Saturday morning cartoon vibe of it all. It kind of reminds me slightly of Clayton Henry, you know, the Exile issues we've been reading. Right, um, right. It's a little like um, a little bit more on the side of um, sort of invincible um, with its violence. Yes, yes. And, and there, there are some like really, really cool um, color, like color work and panels, like Storm's uh, um, appearance. The, I love the fact that her cape is now just clouds um, and everything about it is just clouds and lightning. But there's like some really nice panels, but it is quite sort of mediocre. Um, I don't even think the stories particularly interesting. And then obviously there's like uh, all that stuff with brand and cable and like something that brand's going to do. And I'm like, uh, it all feels like the, the it feels like the co- the comics coming to an end, but in a really weird yes, way. Yes, it, it does, unfortunately. Um, so I feel it like just, we're just watching like it it dies slowly in front of us. It's so disappointing because like it started off with these high concepts that like they really haven't paid off in any way. And if the book just ends, it's like, well, why why did we do this? It feels like I feel like the mole concept was obviously planted a while ago, but I feel like um, the direction of the book has changed. Yeah. Um, and I don't mind it being about like Araco and such forth because that's interesting. But I feel like Ewing isn't that bothered about that. Um, no. So we'll see how it goes. Maybe it'll maybe it'll survive. But for me, it's definitely a three out of six because I was kind of going forward and I talked ages. So <laughs> I do have to agree with you. It's just middle of the road the best way to put it is uh, i agree with three out of six yeah i also agree three out of six uh you know what saved uh issue eight was the great character moments with storm uh and this was just like well here's some plot and um i don't know do you think Whiskid is really uh a sleeper agent or 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 something else was he captured and he's being controlled was it is he naive? Is he is he pulling the eyes over Gyrich? Like I don't I don't know. Like I'm not that intrigued. It just feels more to me like, well, we had all this high hope for this book, and then with the creative change, suddenly uh, they, I feel like the editors of the X Men aren't really interested in in big ideas. They just want like fighty fighty stab stab, and that's what this book is devolving into, unfortunately. So also it lands in that weird narrative of um. The super the, the the villains now have like magical MacGuffin means of defeating them because they've terraformed a planet. So now we randomly made alliances with and the thematic ideas of like um, working with foreigners and other people, the other, and it's okay if they're far away. It's a bit too heavy-handed, which doesn't feel like Ewing. No. Uh, so I don't know. Oh well, we can move on. Um, yeah, let's move on. Uh, it's double duty. It's it's uh, triple duty. Um, you, Georgie, it would seem. Is um, it uh, the final book then, Inferno, or do you have one after this, Dan? Nope, Inferno is the final book, unless I've magically missed something. No. Um, okay. It is the final the final book, because we only had seven, right? One, two, yes. three, four, five, six. Yep, this is the last bastion of hope. <laughs> <Sorry>. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Inferno number two, writer Jonathan Hickman, 
uh, artist Stefano Caselli, colors by David Curiel, letters by VCs Joe Sabino, designed by Tom Muller, with cover by Jerome Opeña and Frank Martin, uh, which has, um, I can't remember the character name. Do you remember who this is? Emma. Is this Emma? Oh, see, that's why I was thinking of the, who was the woman who was all in black and white, who was in the vault? Oh, black, black, oh, oh, um. No, I'm getting confused with the one that's in New 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 Avengers. Yeah, Black no, Swan. this is Emma. I'm sorry, my mind went to like the vault. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yes, this is Emma. I think it's just the weird coloring on her face or the reflections on her face that are throwing me off a little bit. Um, but her holding both Xavier and Magneto's helmets in front of um, a portal, uh, looking very uh, angry. Well, what do you guys think of this cover? I think attitude-wise, it's great, and I actually really like the color work. And I, I think the, the the idea behind it mm-hmm. perfectly encapsulates uh, the idea, like what happened a certain moment in the issue. And I really do like it. And I didn't know it was Opeña um, at all, because um, I do generally enjoy his work. Um, and he would be great. He loved. He, he draws some great like techno organic stuff and sure. stuff. But anyway, um, yeah, I'm I'm down for it. Ian? Um, yeah, uh, I really like it. Uh, wait for this to actually focus in so I can actually. There we go. And to be fair, Dan's covered most of, well, anything that I could say about it. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's because I agree with you. And just the fact that she's there, like, yeah, what about it? Holding both the helms. It's like, come at me, bro, sort of vibes coming off of you. Yeah, <laughs> just very sure. much feel like. I feel like she's going to be the queen of Kokoa. Oh, um, that'd be something. After yeah, all yeah. Is done. Well, yeah. Jason said, nice cover. So. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, what? <laughs> Don't give us much to work with. <laughs> I feel like Jason is always the one who's really more into the covers than us. Uh, like he's, <laughs> he's always going into the details of what's happening on the cover, at least more than me. So this is like, a, did Jason actually write this? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> It's just having a break. Scott, you just got theory to write it, however. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we, we start in and we see that uh, what happened in issue one where we were like, why why is Xavier doing this and why is Magneto doing this was really Mystique uh, in disguise getting um, one of Xavier's helmets and then getting the genetic DNA from Sinister and Sinister is like, oh, I know who you are. You're not fooling anybody. I, I love that he's is seeing through her disguise throughout the whole issue. Uh, it was one of my yeah. favorite favorite moments. Um, then she manipulates the five to bring her wife uh, back to life and manipulates Hope to give her her memories back. And as a, an added bonus, uh, she made her a little bit younger so they would have more time together. And I thought that was really sweet. Uh, it's nice to see them back. Uh, she nurses her back to health. They sort of uh, have a little bit of a row about what Mystique did while she was gone, and, and then they make up, and, and she's back. Uh, and then we cut back to her on the council uh, where everyone has a vote. Uh, some people have surprising votes, and you're like, well, why? Well, Mystique has made some bargaining, uh, and so she gets uh, people to vote for uh, her wife to be on the uh, panel. And uh, even Nightcrawler votes for it, which, you know, Dan, we'll get your thoughts in a minute on that. Uh, meanwhile, um, like even Emma votes uh, yes, which was kind of a surprise. So she's on the council. Uh, and uh, then we look at Orcus and uh, we have Nimrod and 
Oof. Who is this again? I can never. I'm terrible with names. The, the Omega. The Omega. Omega Sentinel. Yeah. yeah. They, they, they have sort of like a, a a character moment here. It almost feels like uh, uh, forming a friendship or, or some sort of more closer bond, uh, which I thought was kind of nice. And meanwhile, Mora was like, you, "You idiots are screwing up. You're effing up here. Uh, we need to do something." And so they decide to uh, let Emma in on the plan. Because uh, they feel like that would be good for her. Um, did I skip some stuff? Yeah, so let, I'm in on the plan. And she's like, you guys are idiots. Yeah, I'm in on the plan, but I will never trust you again. You lost me. Which sort of backfires on them. Uh, then they're like, well, we need someone we can trust. And so they have another final vote. And who are they going to add to the council but Colossus, who... Uh, forgive me, but hasn't he been like a horrible person in X Force? So why they're like, yeah, we can totally trust Colossus after we've ruined him in another book, blows I, my I, mind. Um, I feel like he's been on a farm because he sort of like left Kokoro okay. to farm the plants for a while, and then it wasn't until like uh, I haven't really been reading X Force. I'm just gonna just I'm just gonna do what Hickman has done and ignore it. Um, and <laughs> right. move okay, forward. Ignore X Force. Okay. <laughs> And if um, you did miss a tiny bit, which was um, Mystique infiltrating Arcus's uh, right. information, which was just yeah. like a, a tiny plot point, but mm-hmm. will obviously pay off later. Sure. I, I just I, I really like that. Um, I liked Mora and 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 uh, welcoming Emma. I loved how Emma reacted to it. Uh, I I I love that. Uh, Mystique has been plotting behind the scenes for this to happen for a while. She's got sort of people bribed to to join her. Uh, they sort of sprinkled in like, why did why did Emma agree to say yes? You know, why did this? Why did that? So I, I thought this was, you know, it made issue one uh, that much better for me to see that uh, there was stuff happening behind the scenes. Uh, so I I thought this was a, a definite improvement from uh, the first issue. Uh, I wouldn't say the art. I mean, there there are pages of of this artwork that are spectacular and, and pages that are sort of you know so so. Uh, it, it does wobble a little bit for me. Uh, I think the color work is is pretty nice here, um, but it is to me more about uh, just this is Hickman's last last ride. So what sort of story is he he plotting forward? And uh, I'm, I'm much more intrigued after the second issue. What did you guys think? I enjoyed it a lot, and um, like coloring is perfectly like good, <laughs> to put it simply. <laughs> um, but for me, it's the story and like how like oh my god, McTaggart is like telling both Xavier and Charles that they're just like complete idiots. Not Charles, I said the same person's name. Yeah, uh, Magneto <laughs> and Xavier. Uh-huh. There we go. <laughs> I'm having a moment today. <laughs> uh, she's like, "You idiots! You're gonna do this for me now. Go and do it." But I think the highlight for me was watching uh, Raven just sneak around everyone, and the simple way she got some people to say yes. I just adore. <laughs> like the simple fact of um, which one was it? Um, Emma's gonna vote against it. Oh, sure, <laughs> so he just instantly says yes. Um, Sinister's whole like they won't want you to come. They'll want you to comply. It's like not happening then. Right. <laughs> it's so simple just to manipulate most of the board to get a majority vote. It's just 
says a lot about the people. <laughs> it, yeah. But yeah, I enjoyed it. Nice. Through and through. So, um, in a word, it's spectacular. It's not quite New Mutants level of spectacular, <coughs> but it is phenomenal that um, this is action through politics and it is uh, like gripping and exciting and dynamic, just like an action scene, but through just talking. Um, well, for me anyway, I imagine mm-hmm. there'll be some people that don't care for it. But um, I like how it echoes House of X, uh, the idea that right. it is always Magneto and Xavier that fuck it all up, and it will always be them that fuck it up. <laughs> um, I love that. I love that it echoes the first issue with the reveal of the final member of the council. Um, <laughs> the character work is on point. Uh, Raven and Irene of uh, Destiny are just the fact that it, the whole thing is 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 underpinned by this love between two people, mm-hmm. um, and what they would do to what well what Raven will do to have it, and then obviously what. Uh, Destiny will do to make sure that like they survive what's coming and like even the little like even though I haven't really read Destiny her little sort of like smug do you want me to tell you what's going to happen sort of comment in the in the vote was just and they just and Magneto and Xavier yeah. like fuck you um <laughs> so, like, it's like this really um effortless character work from Sinister's beautiful uh like vaudevillian yes. sort of charisma to the, the zealotry of um exodus and he just flip flops it's like everyone is so so themselves and so beautifully put together it it just runs at a great pace um like a almost like a west wing walking down a corridor issue uh sort of thing and um it's got like there's such a like a beat and rhythm to 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 to, to the words and personally i think the, the artwork just it's just mind blowing um, in some places. Like um, yes, uh, Ian pointed out the panel where it's Xavier's face, but Raven's little skull um, on her forehead. Um, just the general like sort of emotive nature of uh, her talking to the different people, from laughing sinister to scowling Emma. I think everyone looks fantastic. The color work is just, just, just works because because it is darker subject matter. It's colored darker as well and even with like what's going on i just wow it just it just blew my mind to be honest i i absolutely adore issue too um i haven't really i haven't got anything to say other than that it's just it's a really well put together piece of fiction and it's sad that um it's going to end right like Hickman's, Hickman's, like this i'm happy that i'm reading this but i'm like oh I just want him to tear it all down so no one has anything to play with afterwards. I know, right? <laughs> just because, like, it doesn't feel like it should go on without this sort of creative force behind it. But we'll see. Yeah. 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 I I, I really really love that last uh, page of Colossus. He looks spectacular, and that uniform has never looked better. No, that is, <laughs> that is a hell of a uniform for him. He's definitely uh, doing the whole like um, mask daddy uh bearded um bear vibe going on um <laughs> sure he's so a track i, I want to say one thing and then uh, we have that big question for you and we also got to get jason's notes um but uh 
Um, I don't understand. I, like, I know why Moira's like had this back and forth with Destiny, and but why the mutants wouldn't want a mutant on their team who knows how the, the future is going to play out? Wouldn't that be a great asset to have? Uh, I don't for for about being big ideas and starting over. It seems like that would be a great weapon to have on your side. So uh, just kind of blows my mind a little bit. Um, so Dan, do you want to give your thoughts on um, why Nightcrawler voted yes, or should we do Jason's uh, notes first? We could do Jason's notes, and I'll answer your Destiny question as well. Um, but go Jason first, and I'll I'll try and do okay. How you feel so, about Destiny? Nice cover. Uh, story is kind of split between okay, now we're cooking, and a slow burn. Yay, inferno puns. Uh, but overall, I liked it better than the first. I know Georgie is not historically a Caselli fan, but I thought uh, art was pretty solid. Pretty good story with a few standout moments. Uh, the first several pages focusing on Mystique and Destiny were beautiful. And Emma is great, of course. Uh, this is one I can't wait to hear y'all's thoughts. Especially Dan's thought on why Nightcrawler voted yes for Destiny. Uh, but five out of six claws for Jason. So, Dan, take it away. Right, so first and foremost, to, a- to answer your question about um, why they wouldn't want Destiny. Um, right, so the, the story is framed on the emotional basis of Mystique. Um, sure. And have, uh, but the story is also framed on the, the petty emotional basis of Moira. Right, no, no, yes, I get that. And um, that's what House, House of X seemed to be um, focused on, is that she wants to save the mutant kind, but it's always been, like, her journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's managed to convince them that they don't need a precog because she exists. Right, right. Um, but it's very much love versus hate, um, which is, I suppose, the fundamental X-Men uh, themes. Mm. But mm. as for Nightcrawler, well, this is this is Eden, and this is the second chance for everyone. And who better than Kurt to believe that his mum, of all people, should be given a second chance at love and happiness? Sure. It's like in his spirit and in his nature. I I don't. He's had so much pain with that relationship, but I feel like this is a moment for him to like heal and sure. to allow his mum mum to have this beautiful romance, not as like a gift to her, but because like it's a fresh start and why not? And it feels very much like Kurt. It doesn't like him voting no doesn't feel right. Uh-huh. Makes sense. Uh-huh. Um, this feels very like within his character and how he's been on the island um, since it was created when it's written by Hickman. Um, nice. <laughs> yeah, I put a little confusion there. Yeah, no, no, that's why it totally think. makes sense. Yeah. Ian, do you have any yeah. more thoughts on the book? Uh, Mr. Sinner says MVP, in my opinion. <laughs> 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 and it's just like, you know, all the things that happened, there's always there's going to be one thing I'm going to remember for a while. And it's um, when Raven goes to him again, just to get his vote, and he's like, oh, that's good. I love it when an actor is committed to their part. Oh, yeah. I was like, yes, I love you. <laughs> but honestly, I just I enjoyed it all, but well, I don't really have anything bad to say. <laughs> and the fact that Kitty's just like having a tantrum and saying no. Or should I say absolutely not? <laughs> <laughs> all the little things... It, I think it just really ties well together. Also, can we just say that Jumbo Carnation can fence? That's awesome. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's great. 
That's an awesome idea. Anyway, um, I'm giving it six out of six claws, by the way. I adore it, Sam. Yeah, I'm not myself. It's, gonna be, it's up there, but I'm like, does it deserve perfection is my question. Hmm. I'll go five out of six. It, just, it was great, but I feel like there's just a little something not quite there for me. I will also go five out of six. I feel like uh, it, it's it's brought back for me because there are a few panels and pages that uh, honestly don't look great, especially the uh, Magneto does not look good when, with his helmet off in this book. And when he's arguing with uh, Moira, she has a, a few pages as well where she looks a little wonky. Um, so that, that that brings it back for me a little bit. And, you know, I, I feel kind of bad only giving it five because – the dude drew 48 pages. So, like, if there are a couple that weren't perfect, uh, maybe I'm being a little harsh. Um, but uh, that's just how I feel about the book. But I, I really liked it, and I, I do think it really uh, lifts the uh, issue one and, and this event up. Uh, do we know how many issues this event's going to be? I have no idea. I, I feel like it might be... It's definitely not going to be 10, is it? It's going to be like... Oh, God, I hope not. It's, I feel like it's a really, like, max. small... Yeah, six polybacks. But it's going to be the it's going to be so if you want to read X, like Hickman's X Men era, just just read Huxpox, his run, and this, and then you don't have to read any other book, I suppose. Right. <laughs> it kind of encapsulates it all. You'll both miss so many good things and so many terrible things. <laughs> mm. Anyway, I think that brings us to a close. It does. Um, on all of these uh, wonderful, wonderful Xbox plus one. Um, <laughs> plus one. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yes, um, hopefully you've enjoyed us Excalibur's taking over. And you can find this podcast and all the other Snickcast podcasts at www.podbean.com forward slash Snickcast. You can like and favorite everything that's on Facebook because he's on there. And you can follow him on Twitter at Snickcast. Um, I think I've plugged everything um of his um i'm pretty sure he's everywhere so uh georgie uh wh- where can they find you can our... find uh the our excalibros twitter uh feed on on twitter obviously excalibros one uh where uh if you search uh for excalibros on any uh podcatcher you will find our, our episodes um we should have another episode coming up in a week or so uh we're, we're back to covering uh standard books which if you've listened to our previous few episodes uh will know that we've had a lot more joy covering those uh than we had uh covering loki <laughs> so we're, we're back enjoying comics um unless we can find us you can find me on twitter or instagram at jokey georgie with the ie for both like j-o-k-i-e uh and, and that's me uh, how about you ian where can everyone find you uh, you can find me on all of two places <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at um, Maze of the Gale, or you can find me on Instagram as Bacoa Builds. I am nowhere else. <laughs> <laughs> and to pull out an old um, into comics one, just for Jason, um, you can obviously find me anywhere. <laughs> um, so yes, that was it. That was that was um, our invasion, our disaster, our. Um, beautiful romance with taking over this uh, podcast. So I'd like to say thank you very much, Jason, for having us. As usual, it's always a pleasure, even when you're not in the room. 
and um, I, we will catch you all next time. All right. So hugs and snicks. Bye. Bye. And um, snack. <laughs> oh, gosh. I tried. <laughs> <laughs>